Welcome back, everyone, to After the Sermon Ends. We know that after the sermon ends, the conversations begin. Uh, today, I'm joined by Marcus Donaldson and Jared Cagle. Um, and today, we are continuing um, to talking talking about the uh, Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon of all time. And Jared, you had a really good message on the believers being salt and light. So why don't you take us into Sunday? Yeah, what a what an awesome text here. Uh, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Um, and and then talking, Jesus here is really getting to, it's, it's sort of a, uh, we come out of the Beatitudes and it's this is who you are and now this is who you are to be. You know, you've been made uh, these things by grace through faith. Now this is how you are to be uh, in the world and 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 being sent into the world. This is um, this is how you're to influence the world. So we talked about that really as we are agents of influence mm-hmm. uh, in in contrast to the world. Now we we can't be in contrast. Um, we we can't affect the world in a positive way or a negative way unless we're in the world, unless mm-hmm. we're sent in, and so. We talked a lot about that too. It's not our mission was never to be pulled out of the world. Jesus even prayed clearly, "I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. Um, I'm asking you to keep them from the evil one and send them as I have been sent into yeah. the world." That's what Jesus prays in his high priestly prayer in John 17. And so this this idea that we are agents of influence, being sent into the world, and the way that we um, affect the world and affect change for the gospel is as salt affects uh, its environment and as light affects its environment. Yeah. Now, of course, salt can be diluted, light can be hidden, and if they are, they're useless. Um, but we we tried to unpack that as well. That we're not less salt, mm-hmm. we're not less light, but we are uh, more useless when we are diluted or when we're hidden. Whether whether the uh, whatever it may be that's deluding us and and hiding us, mm-hmm. um, and so that that was the big challenge: is are we are we affecting uh, the world for the gospel? Are we agents of influence in the world? And and we we look through a lot of Paul's letters as well as Peter uh, talking about that contrast between how we are to be and how the world is, and really tried to to challenge ourselves there. Yeah, Marcus, what about you? What were some of your thoughts from Sunday's message? I think just initially we see some of the uh, the presuppositions or a presupposition that Jesus has in this is that the that the world because Christians are, are the salt that there are there's no salt in the world right without Christians it's presupposed that there is no salt that it needs salt that it's decaying Right, the culture, the world, yep. the, everything is decaying. And then, secondly, with the light, same thing. If Christians are the light, it presupposes that the world is dark. Right, dark, dying, decaying. It needs salt, needs light. Mm-hmm. Christians are that light, that salt. If they're not, there's no preservation. There's no light in the darkness. So anybody who has that that concept of the world that we're only getting better and better, well, yeah. they're very confused. And that's not what. Jesus says, but that, and then I just want to share, uh, John Stott, he said this, the greatest hindrance to the advance of the gospel worldwide is the failure of the lives of God's people. And then secondly, the reason some folks don't believe in 
missions is that the brand of religion they have isn't worth propagating. Mm-hmm. It's not worth talking about the brand of religion that they have, and I think that's what we see in uh, places where Christians aren't living as the salt and as the light. So what you would do with salt that was uh, that lost its taste, that was unpure, you would use it to to knock down vegetation, like kill weeds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were you were not good for anything other than killing weeds. You weren't good for preservation. You weren't good for adding flavor to whatever you were eating. Um, so you were thrown out into the garden to kill weeds on the road. Yeah. And looking at this section, it just kind of proves that, you know, escapist theology is, is just not the right theology to, to go with because, you know, clearly, you know, Jesus is saying like these believers will be agents of influence on, on their environments and on the people around them. And, you know, the world needs to be engaged with the we need to take the gospel and and not only it's saying like we'll show um you know that they may see your good works and give glory to the father so like not only by our words but also by our good works we should show the you know the the nature of what we believe in that it is eternally satisfying to us and um that there should be a contrast between the christian and and the world but that doesn't mean that we just you know, keep our religion to ourselves and we just, just yearn for the, that final day. We just keep to ourselves. We try to be holy until the Lord takes us home, but we need to take mm. the message with us knowing that he can sustain us and, uh, and trust in him as we go. And I think you communicated that very clearly in your message is like, instead of trying to hide who we are, we need to stand and be different from the world, not because we're trying to, you know, be enemies with the world, but be different in the way that showing the world that there is a different way to live, that there's a more satisfying way to live. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Charles Spurgeon had a quote as well along those same lines, that you're either a missionary or an imposter. Mm. Uh, and a lot of times we we reserve this uh, task of missionary to people who are uh, called to that task, air quotes for those of you who cannot see my fingers, which is <laughs> all of you. Uh, we reserve this task of missionary as if we are able to do that, when in all reality we're all missionaries. Christians mm-hmm. are, are sent. Christians are to be missionaries, to be agents of influence. So either we're a missionary or we're an imposter. And that's a hard challenge, but we need to hear it. Yeah. yeah. So let's start there. Let's, let's break down like agents of influence. Like what, is, what does that actually mean for our context now? Like, you know, where, where are we influencing and like, what does that influence? What should that influence look like? I think we can make this really complicated, but mm-hmm. the the beauty and the reason that this this passage specifically is remembered for so long so well is because it's so simple. Light shines where it's dark. Yeah. When it's surrounded by light, it's blinded out by all the other lights. When it's dark, doesn't matter how small or how big the light is, it's light. Yep. We in the army, we you know, you need uh, noise and light discipline at night because you can see for miles, even just the smallest, like um, in World War II, cigarette butts or mm-hmm. not butts, but like the uh, I guess the tip of the cigarette, mm-hmm. you know, where the, the cherry is. That's how the enemy would find different, you know, troops, uh, American, allied, or you know, um, Nazi forces yeah. at night. Because there was no night vision, there was nothing mm-hmm. like that. So guys who would smoke at night, 
they they would see them um and then you know easier to find anyways something so small like yeah. the like the cherry of a cigarette you can see for miles and it's simple so what does that mean as it relates well we are light we are salt so in the dark world anywhere anywhere you everywhere and anywhere you go your workplace your home your neighborhood everywhere there's no time that you turn it off yeah light is light all the time Mm -hmm. when you surround yourself by other lights you don't shine as bright but when you're in dark places that's where you shine the brightest naturally unless you try to hide that light yeah yeah and important thing to note is there there is like everybody has influence yeah especially if you're a believer and people know that you're a believer well, first, they they need to know that you're a believer. But, you know, if, if you go to church, people know you go to church, and they, they, they're looking at you, but everybody has a circle of influence of people around them that are either looking at them or that that they can speak into. And and they can either speak life or they can just hide who they truly are and, and not influence them for good at all. And I think sometimes that can bring a lot of pressure on people. They can say, oh, like, I have... I have influence. I don't, I don't want that influence. I don't want to, you know, mess it up for anybody. But I think that can also, um, you know, if, if we are, you know, basing our faith and everything on, you know, what we've read from the Beatitudes and we are blessed and we like are poor in spirit all the way through, if we have that foundation, then there is a trust of who Christ is in our lives to, to influence for the right reasons and we'll be, you know, we'll be empowered to, sorry, I lose my train of thought there, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll trust Jesus as we go. Yeah. But the, yeah. the, the language here doesn't give us the option to influence and yeah. not to influence. Yeah. You are salt, you are light. It mm-hmm. like there, there's no, well, I don't want to be light. You know, I don't want to be salt. It's like, you are these things and you'll be these things. You'll be light to illuminate the dark world and you'll be salt to preserve the decaying world mm-hmm. um there there's no we don't get to choose what we are yeah it's good yeah and i think i think the other answer to that question that you asked about where do we start and you know is we start where we are i mean that god has placed us in and there the the assumptions that jesus is clearly identifying is is absolutely true that marcus talked about earlier the world is dark the world is decaying, and so our our primary job is to bring um, what we have been made into the world, so that we can preserve and so that we can shine on truth and 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 provide and shine on sin and provide a, a better way, which is the gospel of Jesus. Like we we don't um, we don't need a, a we don't need to spend two months thinking through where we're going to start shining or what we're going to start shining on. That's the cool thing about when Marcus said we need to simplify this. We don't we don't need to overcomplicate it because it's easy to do. Mm-hmm. We need to start there. Like he's placed you where you are. Yep. And he's given you what he's given you the the playbook, if you will. I don't really actually like that term because it's way more than a playbook, but he's given you the path. He's given you the the lamp to your feet and the light to your to your path, which is his word. And he's given you the Holy Spirit inside of you to lead you and guide you in all truth and wisdom and, and understanding. And you you can uh, you can live out these attributes 
that influenced the world for the gospel and for and ultimately for for the good and for the glory yeah. of God. Ultimately, um, we we can live that out. We can walk that out. But we got to start treating our even our most mundane daily tasks in that way. Mm-hmm. This is a mission field. This is an opportunity. I read something the other day. I can't remember who it was. It, it might have been Stott that you mentioned earlier. I can't remember. But it, it's um, if you've been with someone for more than a few moments, it's safe to assume that they've been sent there as a divine encounter for you to share your faith with. Hmm. And that's an interesting paradigm, right, to think through if we're actually sent on, on mission and we are agents of influence in the world, wherever that is, Consider who's right in front of you. Consider who God, and consider them in this way. God has sent them to be here, and he has given me what I need to influence them. I don't have to have all the answers. In fact, I'm scared to death right now, but I know that I'm salt and I'm light, and whatever that means, God use it right now. You know, yeah. that's a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And that changes our actions and then inevitably changes our um, the areas that we influence in. It's like... The, the simple pictures that we get with salt and light, and then even to go further, uh, to be fishers of men. Mm-hmm. It's like when there's a fish in front of you and you're fishing, you're not wondering, man, God, I just pray you would open the doors so that mm-hmm. I would catch that fish. <laughs> it's like good. there's a fish and you're fishing. <laughs> there's only one yeah. purpose. So when you're in that um, area, yeah. wherever it is, and there's a person who clearly isn't saved, God opened the door. Mm-hmm. It's right in front of you that's the answer you don't need to pray any further now certainly we need to pray through our approach Mm -hmm. we need to pray through our approach and maybe it's not that time but maybe you can start that i think we've been excusing our procrastination and laziness and really fear of, of sharing the gospel of being the salt and the light in the world we've been putting that off by saying you know i just don't feel like god opened that door yeah well, if there's a non-believer standing in front of you, the door's wide open. Mm-hmm. This is where I get challenged big time, and I'll just speak for myself, because that's so good, that paradigm that he just laid out. I love it when Marcus goes on a roll like that. It's really good. <laughs> See, I, my, my challenge for myself is the reality is a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, James tells us. Mm-hmm. When I'm not singular in my purpose and my mission and my and my thought life and my in my relationship with with God being the first and foremost my mission for him being the first and foremost task if that's not the singular focus this is the reality is I got to look in the mirror if I'm if I'm there and somebody's in front of me and I balk sorry what's a better baseball. word yeah baseball term balk <laughs> I watched the Braves last night we beat them we beat the Mets good team uh, I'm, I'm a big Braves fan now, by the way. Go, go, uh, go Bravos. World Series champs. Um, so <laughs> I don't, uh, what is another word for balk? Like I, when I get into the situation and I let my fear take over and I don't do it. Or hesitate. I, hesitate. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm slow to act, whatever it is, or I don't do it at all. It's because my focus is not on the task at hand. I actually have a different task or a different purpose or a different mission in mind for my day. That's the reality. Mm -hmm. I have to be honest with myself. The reason I didn't fish when the fish was in front of me is because I wasn't fishing. And if, if I come to this world with each day and each interaction with that type of mindset, it changes stuff. Mm -hmm. At the very least I'm convicted and I, and I walk away having 
balked at an opportunity, I walk away convicted by that, and the Holy Spirit begins to work in me in a deep way. But at the very, at the at the greatest level of that, you know, the best case scenario is I actually do fish. You know, I actually do try, and we're not going to be perfect, but it does start with having that singular mission and purpose. And that's where I think the beauty in it is is we're not responsible for the result mm-hmm. we're just it's responsible great. for fishing it's great we're responsible for being the the light and the salt of the earth it's like we're not responsible for the result in those areas of influence which is freeing it's like man you could be the worst fisherman in, in the history of fishermen it's like just do it mm-hmm. it's great yeah and i mean this this kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week with um you know, persecution. And Marcus, you mentioned like, you know, we should pursue truth at all costs and peace if possible. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, if we're at the grocery store and there's someone in front of us that we're, that, we're, that we've been talking to and that gospel opportunity comes up, you know, like, are we going to pursue peace in that moment? Oh, or are we going to pursue truth at all costs? Because the truth of the situation is you don't know where this person is at in their faith. And, this person, you know, you may be the only opportunity for them to hear the gospel that day or, you know, that week and, um, or even beyond that. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you've been given that opportunity by God. Um, you know, are you going to balk, balk? Yeah. B-A-L-K? I think it's B, is it just Mm B-A-L-K? Are you going to balk? Uh, Did you know that Marcus is a minor league, uh, shortstop or center fielder? Marcus was triple A ball. He played in college and then went to triple A. Nope. And then served our country. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, yeah. True or false that you could have gone to college at high high level and played at center field? True. Thank you. Very True good. or false that you can throw over 90 miles an hour? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's not sure, though. <laughs> it it's definitely a possibility. A possibility. True yeah. or false, you're a switch hitter? No. Just raking false. right-handed? Yeah. Yep, see? <laughs> All right, anyway, back to balking. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, are we gonna are we gonna pursue peace and comfort um, in our day, or are we gonna put ourselves um, into the, in, into situations that may be a little uncomfortable um, for us to to be able to share the the light of Jesus with people? And you know, and here we see that there's you know when we stand and and, and when we share our faith with the world, like we we saw one result of it last week with persecution and the world coming against um, the the people of Christianity. But then you see here, it's like there are people who will see the good works that you do, and then they will give glory to the Father who is in heaven mm. because of it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why we do what we do. We don't, you know, we don't stand against the world because we know everybody in the world is going to be against us. We stand against the world because we're trying to win a few to Christ. I remember um, going to... Um What's that place? Buffalo's? Yeah. Uh, just down the road? Going down there, there's this waitress. Her name is Terry. And uh, the first time that we met her, um, we, we just were like, hey, we're going to pray for the food. How can we pray for you? And she broke down. Her son just got into an accident, I guess, like a few days before, and her husband was in the hospital because yeah. he had some stuff going on. And she happened to be a believer, but, you know, like— She's not going to tell you that as soon as you walk up. Hey, I'm Terry. I'm going to be your waitress yeah. today. Uh, what can I get you? My son is in the hospital, yep. and you know, or you know, just been an accident. My husband's in the hospital. Yeah. Blah blah. It's like, but but having that the, the mission in mind opens that door to 
just pray for other believers, really. And then if she wasn't a believer, to share the gospel with her. Mm-hmm. But but we don't get by, we, or we don't get past that surface level stuff if we just go carelessly through yeah. life. Um, but when you're actively not, because you already are the salt, right? You already are the light. Um, and you can hide the light, and you, the salt can become, um, what was it, unclean? Diluted is diluted, what I was saying. Diluted. Yeah. Um, you know, you can... You can mess with your impact or influence. You can hide that, but that doesn't change who you are. And when you go about your day, yeah, you're going to be in uncomfortable situations when you start probing into people's lives, but it's like you're doing it for a purpose, not to be offensive, but to win them to the Lord, or if they're a believer, to provide some accountability and some uh, support. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so let's talk about that for a few minutes before before we end, um, about being, like, how salt can lose its saltiness and lose its potency. Um, I, I went deep on salt in my preparation for this podcast. I was just trying to figure out, like, the chemical, hmm, like, nice. process of, like, how salt, like, would lose its saltiness. Um, Share with us. Well, I didn't get very far. It doesn't, <laughs> man. So... First of all, you know, the salt compound sodium chloride. NaCl. Yeah, NaCl. Like, it is one of the most stable compounds that you have. Like, table salt is one of the most stable things. And you just, you have to get it in water and then electrocute the water to split the ion. Ooh. But, um, but there, there, a lot of, a lot of places I was reading said that in this time, um, they're, they're, the salt that they used was um, had you know impurities in it, and so through that, that's how the dilution happened. And, and Jared, I don't know if you studied much on this. And I did too much. <laughs> yeah, um, but in like, and I saw like you know fifteen different ways that um, different explanations on how you know salt would lose its potency, and like I couldn't find one consensus answer on this. But regardless, the 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 main point that I came to this morning is like Jesus is saying you can lose the saltiness. You can lose your potency, and the world can dilute you, and we need to avoid that at all costs, and we need to pursue the, the purity of ourselves in, in our sharing um, rather than trying to avoid, you know, oh, am, am I going to lose my saltiness? We just need to be what we are, be, this, be the light on the hill, you know, don't yeah. don't hide ourselves. That's a whole lot easier to explain is you know hiding our sure, hiding our light sure, than sure. Um, how salt can lose its saltiness. But um, you know, being what we are and, and doing what we are made to be, made to do, um, you know, that's that's the simplest explanation I can give is how yeah. not to lose your saltiness. Yeah, the the pure or pure salt can never lose its saltiness or effectiveness, flavor, and preservative qualities like you were describing. But it's it was the the salt that was common in the day from the Dead Sea that had gypsum and other material yeah. or, uh, minerals in it that had that flat, unflavorful, not re- very effective taste. So that was the the salt that was cast out to the side to yeah. uh, keep weeds down. But to your um, to your point, it is a little, you know, it's like how do you describe losing your saltiness? That's not necessarily what he's he's talking about. He's talking about the 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 salt that was common that was diluted or tampered mm-hmm. with by yeah other materials well, and minerals. The, for for us too the way that i'm thinking about it is and i almost put a glass of water on the stage but it didn't because i'm not a very visual guy but everybody else is 
so I probably should have. But the dilution process, like when you put a piece of salt on your tongue, because the other thing, but let me back up. The one who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So in Christ, we have become yeah. the righteousness of God in him. He has sealed us by the promised Holy Spirit. He's made us... He's he's made us into a new creation. We've experienced, we haven't experienced the fullness of that purity, but we have entered into this dimension of the righteousness of God. So he has, I would argue, made us in this reference of salt into an un, untampered with NACL <laughs> p- <laughs> yeah. pure yeah. form of salt. Okay, uh-huh. so now if you put that piece of salt on your tongue, mm-hmm. it's extraordinarily salty. When you put that piece of salt in a cup with water, it becomes diluted. With the water is representative of the world. Mm-hmm. The the undefiled piece of salt is apart from the water. When it goes into the water, it totally affects the water. Pulling it out of the water, you know, it it hasn't been. It hasn't. It's it's compound. Its being has not been changed. Yeah. It has to be in the water. To change the water, um, the, where where this illustration breaks down is like we're w- when we're in the world, we can be on mission. We have to be in the world to be on mission for mm-hmm. the world. But when we're in the world and allowing the world to make us of the world, and we and we're we're consistently being deluded by the world, then we then we we've lost our saltiness and, and our effectiveness and our and our usefulness. We we're still salt. Like that's what I'm trying to say. There's security for the believer to know that we've been made into mm-hmm. the, the righteousness of God because of Jesus. Yeah. Um but it, yeah, I, I mean to me it's it's like this tangled web of man, I love this illustration and I could go deep into all the different realities of what salt does. It it doesn't just preserve, it also it does all yeah, these other yeah. things too, you know, and um, but I don't know how, how effective that is, you know? Yeah. I think like the way you communicated on Sunday about basically, you know, the, the usefulness of salt, like, yeah. you know, um, you know, a, around that time, like salt was a very useful and valuable substance. And yeah. I think the, the main point that we can take away is, you know, identity wise, we're secure, but usefulness you yeah, know, we can good. be diluted and that's good. We, we need to you know, make sure we're not being diluted by, you know, the, the lust of the world and, yep. you know, falling into just what is comfortable and what is easy. Uh, but also like what, you know, where the world is going, we can, we can stand and be different in that. It's good. Um, Love it. Yeah. Any, any final thoughts or encouragements from, from you guys with salt and light? Stay salty. <laughs> Stay salty, my friends. Uh, if you know the reference, no, I shouldn't do that. You took it there. I didn't. You're right. Oh man, I think the goal is for the goal's never been for us to be taken out of the world and hide in a bunker and be in a holy huddle and take a a, a perpetual salt bath with fellow believers that are salty. We the goal is to be sent into the world to preserve, to make people thirsty, to shine on truth and to shine on good works, not so that people can see how good our works are or how good yeah. we are, but ultimately so that they could see how good our God is that has made our works good <laughs> and has made us into the righteousness of God in Him. 
Uh, Spurgeon said, the object of our shining is not that men may see how good we are, nor even see us at all. Mm. I love that. But that we may see grace, that they may see grace in us and God in us, and then cry, what a father these people must have. I mean, I, I think about that. Like, if we're shining uh, as bright as we could be, they wouldn't even be able to see our face, Yeah, you know? For sure. And, um, like, the, the moon, when it's in full reflection, you don't see all the craters. You just see the light. And that's the picture that I, I think we, uh, we, we should long for, not in a works-based effort, self-effort way, but in a way of drawing near to God and knowing that, that he's going to use us in the world for good and, and ultimately his glory. That's good. Yeah, when you were, you know, talking about that on on Sunday, you know, like it really flipped, you know, flipped the, my perspective on the the saying in the world but not of the world. Yeah. And how you 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 talked about the the focus has always been, you know, not being not of the world mm-hmm. and how, you know, it's unfortunate that we are in the world but we, we have to keep ourselves unstained from the world. <laughs> um, but the I mean, from John 17, you you laid out how you know, Jesus is saying, like, you know, they are not of the world, and as I am not of the world, but he's asking that he, that we would, um, he doesn't ask to take us out of the world, yeah, but to keep us from the evil one. Yeah, and so, send us in, as he's been saying. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'll just say this, the, the biblical, or the New Testament authors, right, what they express is that tension mm-hmm. with not yeah. wanting to be there any longer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... So there's Jared's point. I agree with entirely, but there is that tension expressed in the New Testament authors that we're aliens, that we're sojourners, that mm-hmm. we don't fit in, that we're just passing through, traveling through. For sure. And it was a tension that they constantly, even in Acts, they're like, you know, are you are you ushering in your kingdom? Acts one, um, and Jesus is like, no, you know. So it's like what we see is this constant tension, but you know, they're not saying take us now, like we like we can't do this any longer sort of deal or this separation, this mm-hmm. isolation that um, I think monasticism is probably the clearest and most direct yeah. attack of that. Like mm-hmm. ha- in the world, not of the world. And you just isolate yourself somewhere anyways. Yeah. But you, you should not. Um, I, I don't, I don't think you see it in scripture where there wasn't that tension of like, you know, yeah, we're in it we're not of it and we don't want to be here. They knew that they were different. They knew that they were here until the Lord either took them home or came back again. And I think that's the tension that we find ourselves in as well. Yeah. Um, waiting for the Lord's return or um, our death. So and until then, be salt, be light. Yeah, that's good. And Jesus articulated that tension. I mean, it, it's not Jared's point, you know, <laughs> but it, it, the emphasis is that we're sent in mm-hmm. and that we have to long for this better home, this better, this ultimate reality of glorification. And while we're here, his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven is going to be manifested as we are the agents of influence in in the world uh, for his kingdom. It's tough. That, that, that balance is hard to weigh. Um, but the more we're with him and the more we long to be with him, uh, the more pure we will um, influence the world. That's good. 
wise words from <laughs> these two men here. Um, if we have any chemistry majors that would enlighten wow. us on the salt dilution process, um, Jared, <laughs> where where can they contact us? Oh, they could definitely go to joshxrichards at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we would love to be Don't enlightened. Don't balk on, on that one. <laughs> we would love to be enlightened on that process. But, Hit dingers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, listener, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we look forward to uh, being together this Wednesday at 6 p.m. for small groups and then Sundays at 10 a.m. at City Church in Gainesville. Until next time. <laughs>